0: As we gather together this morning, may we learn to recognize and affirm the pieces of possibility, the bits of good we bring. May we encourage rather than control, love rather than possess, enable rather than envy, allowing our individual gifts to weave a patchwork of peace, the soft, deep blue of sensitivity and understanding the red energy of creativity, the white heat of convictions, the deep black of the nourishing depths, the risky, fragile green of new growth, the golden flashes of gratitude, the warm rose of love. Each of us is indispensable if we are to minister to a broken and wounded world Together in our gathered diversity of gifts and potentials, young and old, we form the whole. These words by Bet Sweneker, they welcome all those who have gathered this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those of you who've gathered in person at Kensington here in Essex Church. Welcome to all of those who are joining us from far and wide via Zoom. We're delighted to have all of you with us this morning whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, even if you're still in pyjamas, welcome. And let's not forget to all of those who connect with our community at other times by watching the YouTube channel, listening to our podcast, or simply reading the text of our services online. We love hearing from people in all sorts of circumstances who feel connected to our community. If it's anyone's first time joining us this morning, you're particularly welcome. If you'd like to get in touch afterwards, stay behind for a chat, please do that. You might want to come to one of our small groups that are mainly happening online during the week. Let's have our circle grow ever wider as we explore new ways to overcome all the obstacles to connection that might exist. Let's live out our values and reach out in love to all those who may still find our Unitarian way. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall and I'm ministry coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. I've called this congregation my home since 1999, over 23 years now, and I'll be co-leading our service this morning alongside Sarah Tinker, who was minister to our congregation for 15 years until she retired at the end of 2020. Retired, you know, sort of. I wanna tip my metaphorical hat to Janine, who's sitting at the back, Janine Powell. She's in charge of mission control this morning. Uh, We're continuing to get to grips with these hybrid services, and she's put in an enormous amount of work and effort to uh, set up this system. So that's apologizing in advance if there are any technical hitches, but I I think she's got it all under control today. I wanna thank all of you here in person for doing all you can to keep each other safe by keeping your masks on during the service including while we sing the hymns and light the candles, and let's respect each other's boundaries as best we can to keep everyone safe and well. In this morning's service, we'll be reflecting on all things handmade. The meaning and the spiritual insights that we might find in the process of making things by hand, the beauty of unique objects created with a personal touch, and the memories that handmade keepsakes hold for us. Today's theme was chosen in honour of a long-standing and much-loved member of our congregation, Betty Evans, who died at the end of last year. Betty was a regular member of our creativity group, which ran for over a decade. We tried out all sorts of arts and crafts together. And there are signs of her handiwork all over our building in some of our seasonal wall hangings and in the church banner over there. We'll be holding a simple ceremony after today's service to scatter Betty's ashes in our church garden. Some members of Betty's family are here with us today for the service this morning. It's it's especially good to have you with us. So let's take a moment now to settle ourselves, to become fully present in the here and now. Let's settle into this time of togetherness wherever we may be. Let's breathe into this moment of worship as we co-create this sacred space by our intention and our presence. Breathe in. And as we breathe out, let us release anything that's stopping us from being fully present here and now, any aggravations we might be carrying, any distractions or preoccupations. Let's lay them to one side, at least for a little while. And before we go any further, let's light our chalice flame as we do each week. This simple ritual connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive historic religious tradition of which this gathering is part.
1: As the chalice is lit, let us settle together settle into the sacred space we have co-created
2: let the cares of the day fall away for a while and know that there is a place here for quiet reflection for pause in our lives for breathing into our true selves let Let what is said and felt here add richness to our lives and call us back to living by the values that we share. We're stronger together, held in community, and we share the experience of being human. Let the symbol of the chalice connect us to each other and to our common purpose, so that we may carry its light and warmth into the world.
1: So let's ready ourselves now
2: for a time of quiet, for a place for reflection and prayer. Let's bring the joys and the concerns we've heard expressed in our community into our circle of love and compassion. As I call on the spirit of love and life to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do here this day. Oh, let's breathe in the beauty of this spring
1: morning and give thanks for that which is good in our own lives. And we pray, though many of us are unsure who or what we pray to, yet knowing the true value of going deeper in life, Of opening ourselves to the source of all that is within us and beyond us. Expressing our gratitude for life itself and for the unique creatures that we are.
2: So let each of us align ourselves now with that which we hold
1: to be of greatest worth that which calls us to be our true selves. Or may we learn to care well for all that is. Can we care for ourselves a little better in the week ahead? Can we care for our relationships a little better this week? Our neighbours and friends, our families, our co-workers, yes, even those who challenge us. Can we appreciate others more? And other aspects of our living that could do with a caring touch. Something needing mending or clearing or sorting in some way. Can we seek help? Reaching out for that support if that would make a task easier. And as we consider our wider world, the problems
2: close at hand here in our own country, especially these days, we think of those affected by rising prices
1: and inadequate incomes, as well as the many troubles in other lands. And we might think particularly this day of of people in Ukraine, in Yemen, in Somalia. All those around the world caught up in conflict. Those facing hunger and thirst. all who live within repressive regimes, all those needing healthcare where there is little to be had, or may all who are troubled find some peace this day. And may all who are in need find practical support this day. And in a few moments now of shared stillness,
2: let us direct the prayers and thoughts of our hearts to places and people that particularly concern us, offering up
1: our concerns to a spirit of compassion that holds us all. May we be guided
2: by love to know ways to assist one another and ourselves this day and all days. And to that aspiration, if you so wish, let us say, Amen.
1: So may it be.
2: we get to sing now if you would like to um, you'll find this hymn is one we sang a few weeks ago but to a different tune it's called weber god creator and i think it beautifully brings together our environmental concerns alongside our theme today of that which is handmade um, feel free to Join in if you wish, or just sit back and enjoy it. Stand up, sit down, but we will keep our masks on. And thank you for that. Weaver God, creator.
3: I thought before I do this reading, which is about things being handmade, I would show you a couple of examples of gifts that Betty gave to me, which were handmade. I understand Jane has one of these as well. This is a little cat that she made. Uh, He's getting a bit dusty because I've had him since I was 60 and uh, uh, he's uh, been on the wall all that time. Um, this is a little pouch that she made when we were invited to, to present handmade Christmas presents to each other. And this is a little pouch and inside there's a, a tiny little address book. So those are two gifts from Betty. And uh, yes, she was, as you all, well, as those of you who met her, a very creative person. So here we go. This is by someone called Annie Foster. Today's service is celebrating all that can be considered handmade in life. And this reading is from an essay written by Annie Forster called Meditation by Hand. She encourages us all to find creative outlets in life. Activities that can be spiritual practices for us because they allow us to focus in a different way, encourage us to go deeper. For some of us, That might be sport or some other physical activity. Some of us, I know, experience this through reading, artwork, photography. I want to add gardening there, there's a lot of that going on. Forster writes, your creative practice can be tailored to your needs in life. And I have discovered some guidelines as I have experimented with meditation by hand with spiritual creativity. While you practice the creative art you have chosen as your meditation, try not to be concerned about much that you have accomplished or how much there is left to be done. Stay in the moment of creation, let it fill you and feed you. Let yourself feel the colors, hear the sounds, discover the meanings of whatever medium you select. As your creation is part of yourself, allow yourself to be part of your creation. That is soul work. Be as good as you can be in your practice, but do not judge the outcome or product. This sounds like a paradox and requires patience and practice to achieve, for we tend to equate our own worth with false comparisons or become annoyed by mistakes. Make the ripping out of inaccuracies. The erasing of words or the remoulding of clay be as creative as the rest of the process. There is joy in such recreation when impatience is banished. There is a discipline that is delicious and deepening. Your creation will let you know when it's finished. If you listen to your heart, when we decide with our heads, we often stop too soon or carry it too far. When that completion occurs, celebrate it, display it, wear it, sing it, share it, give it away. This celebration is part of the spiritual practice a way to honor your creative spirit without arrogance or judgment.
1: Thank you Juliet.
2: Uh, we, We had a congregational outing this week to see the Stonehenge exhibition at the British Museum. Highly recommended, if a little overwhelming, as there is just too much to actually look at and take in. A friend with a sense of humor asked how they'd managed to get those huge standing stones from Stonehenge through the door into the exhibition, which they hadn't. In fact, it was less about Stonehenge itself and far more about the culture, the people, those who had built hundreds of monuments like Stonehenge in chosen locations around the British Isles and in sites across Europe too. This was a culture that spanned some 1,500 years and, and the exhibition demonstrates their remarkable craft skills alongside their building abilities and their evolving spiritual beliefs expressed through ritual. These societies, they engaged in vigorous trade with the continent. Oh, no post-Brexit complexities to mess trade up then, but they did have to cross the channel. They learned craft skills from other communities around the wider area, and they expressed their spirituality through their making and their doing. And what they made was clearly precious to them. They valued the work of their hands. They polished their stone axe heads to make them more beautiful. The axe would work just as well if it was left rough, but many axe heads that have been found from this Neolithic era, they had been smoothed for long hours. The exhibition shows the transition from an age of stone working to an age of metal working, the Bronze Age, when people learnt remarkable new skills to work with metal, not simply as a functional material, but as a material that could be made into these most wondrous decorative items. In the exhibition, there is a small gold disc about that big, which is, it's etched in a way that apparently even gold workers today do not fully understand how they made that object. For for these ancient people, it seems that the work of their hands was closely interwoven with their spiritual lives, with their sense of identity and and with the meaning that they ascribed to their lives. Their crafts were both practical and imbued with spiritual meaning. These ancient craftspeople made objects that lasted, objects that they cared for. Yes, there is a tantalising realisation, if you're interested in this sort of thing, that that actually there are an awful lot of objects made of, uh, I don't know, fabric, leather, fur and clay. Most of those, of course, did not survive. We find very few remains of those there's, there's much that we can never fully understand about our ancient forebears. Oh, but when we enjoy our craft activities, when we make things with our hands, our woodwork, our pottery, our sewing and knitting and mending, our cooking even, well, of course, we are echoing the activities of those who lived thousands of years before us. And to be human, to be human is to create. And even today, many of these objects in our homes that are imbued with meaning for us, those items that we have made or, or that have been made for us by others, those objects, they're holding stories, aren't they? Histories, connections, memories, love, So let's be people who who value this material world in which we live and people who recognize that the material and the spiritual realms are
1: inextricably interwoven. Thanks,
0: Sarah. So we're moving now into a time of meditation. I'm going to offer a few words on creative silence by Vincent Silliman to take us into a few minutes of shared stillness. The silence will end with the sound from the bell and then we'll hear some music for meditation. A nice bit of Vivaldi from Abby and Sandra. So let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. Adjust your position if you need to do to get more at ease in your chair. You might want to put your feet flat on the floor to ground and steady yourself. You might want to close your eyes. We'll look at the candle flame. As I always say, these words are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. There is quiet that is all emptiness. And there is quiet that is life. There is quiet that is rich with appreciation with gratitude and with love. There is quiet that is creative. There is quiet that is full of generous purpose and serene
1: determination.
0: There is quiet that is the very atmosphere of onward things, of life and growth that shall be in the days and years to come. There is quiet within the mind, the heart, the spirit. When outside, there is no quiet at all. There is quiet wherein there is order. When without, there is contention and disorder. There is quiet where there is wisdom. Though the noises of misunderstanding and dissension are loud. Let us seek quiet now and then, an inward quiet. The quiet that renews and reinvigorates, glorious quiet, the quiet of serenity, the quiet that confronts with confidence the clamors of fear. Quiet where too one may retire, not to evade responsibility or whatever of strife may be necessary. The quiet then brings increase of strength, not the quiet of inaction, not the sounds of the day, the enthusiasms and the disappointments of our day, not that they're unimportant. But still let us seek a quiet aspect of living that is full and intense and real. Let us seek quiet, that blessed quiet that is life that opens us to more life.
2: Thank you, Sandra and Abby. Isn't it lovely to have live music? (laughs) Um, We were going to have a live reading from uh, Emily who's joining us online, but a technical hitch uh, means that it's me. And this is a short reading and it's on the virtues of the handmaid.
1: And it comes from the book Everyday Tao by Deng Ming Dao. Deng writes that which
2: is made by hand improves both the the maker and the user. In the past, everything was made by hand. The objects that were made did not have the precision and regularity of machine-made things. In turn, however, the objects had spirit. Even today, made by hand carries a certain attraction. We associate this phrase, don't we, with quality, with care and artistry. And when we have objects like this, we feel a personal affinity with them. Someone made it with great attention and we cherish it with attention. Those who make something by hand feel enriched by doing so. They are working on something tangible, something that can potentially outlive them. They have the opportunity to make things their way, to put all the work necessary into them, to do things because they feel it is right, not just because it may be cost-effective or marketable. Over the years, their hands take on a wisdom of their own. The potter knows by touch when something is out of round. The furniture maker knows by feel when something is straight. We who follow Tao, therefore value what the hand does. We want a personal relationship with what we do and how we live. There is no better measure
1: of this than the breadth of one's hand.
0: Thank you Sarah for being the consummate professional pre- professional and last minute super sub and apologies to Emily at home. We'll, we'll call on you again next time. Sorry about our technical hitch. So I wonder what do you think of when you hear the phrase handmade? Maybe scarves or hats, socks or jumpers, blankets, things knitted by family members and friends and give it as gifts, maybe clothing or jewelry pottery or sculpture, woodwork or furnishings, cakes maybe. Perhaps you think first of beautiful bespoke objects, the sort of artisan creations that might be showcased by the Crafts Council, great handmade works of art that are probably out of reach for most of us to own, rightly priced to reflect the many hours of expertise that's gone into making them. Well, maybe when you think of the words handmade, It calls to mind something more rustic, more homemade. Those items that are a little bit rough around the edges, perhaps not necessarily made with the highest skill level, but nonetheless, which hold much greater sentimental value because of the personal effort and care that's gone into making them. Items such as these are tangible tokens of love. I mentioned at the start of the service that we used to have a creativity group here at the church. It ran for over a decade. And there was a small but dedicated core of us that turned up each month, sharing skills and enthusiasms, taking turns to suggest new crafts to try and occasionally big projects to work on together. We taught each other to knit and to crochet, to quilt and embroider, to do beadwork and lino printing, to make sculptures from rubbish. Uh, We actually learned how to make felt, that was my big craze at the time, and one of our younger members went on to set set up her own hat-making business in South Africa as a result. That's one of our prouder achievements. You can see the fruits of our labour in the seasonal wall hangings, the church banner. You might want to look at the large fabric of diversity wall hanging that's up on the wall in the hall next door. Many of our creations were much more ephemeral, but these few items have lasted. And there's something rather poignant about them now. And I look at those wall hangings, I think of all the people that were in the group 10, 20 years ago, and who aren't around anymore. Of those who were founder members of the group, I think it's only me and Juliet that remain. Over the years, most of the regulars have died or moved away, moved all over the world. Still it's poignant, but also heartwarming that these treasured artifacts remain. These creations that our dear friends took time to make with their hands. They made them with care and attention and love. Back in the day though, I noticed that the very idea of a creative group seemed to divide people. Reactions to it were quite polarized. People tend to see themselves as either crafty or very much not crafty. When I encourage people to come along to this group, they go, no, I am not creative and that was their final word on the matter, no matter how much I tried to reassure them that the ethos of the group was very much about process and not product. Participants were encouraged to have a go, see how they got on and not worry too much about how it turned out in the end. Everyone discovered that some crafts suited them better than others, some had a knack for detail and precision, others were all about the flair and spontaneity. And we only found out by trying our hand. There was pleasure to be found, in the sense of play and learning and occasionally mastery. In my own family, this same binary, I'm crafty or I'm not crafty, that also seemed to be at work. My mum could turn her hand to just about anything. Through my childhood, it seemed like the phone never stopped ringing with distant relatives asking her to make fancy dress costumes for their kids, their neighbours' kids, people they'd passed in the street once. She would make things out of crepe paper and as the Time went on, Uh, the reputation for the quality of her handiwork and for not saying no very often got around, I don't think she ever had a pattern that she worked from, she just made things up as she went along and knocked something up on the sewing machine after work, the recipients were on the whole delighted and she was proud of it I think. She also made me a series of good luck mascots at key points in my life. Often on the morning of a big exam, I'd wake up to find one of these eccentric handmade figures waiting for me on the settee, and I've still got them dotted round the house to cheer me up, now she's gone. My dad, on the other hand, is someone who's always been resolutely non crafty or at least that's how I used to see it. He couldn't be persuaded to join in with creative projects very often, but there was one notable exception in the lockdown of 2020. He couldn't get out of the house to buy me a birthday card at the shop. So I kept joking, kept nudging him. Go on, make me one, make me one. We've got a house full of blank cards and felt-tipped pens because I've inherited the crafty gene from my mum. It was mainly a joke. I didn't think he'd do it. I was mainly winding him up, but eventually he gave in and he did make me a card. I think it must've been the first time he'd drawn a picture, a picture of a little red flower in 80 odd years. He wrote happy birthday across the top in rather spindly handwriting. going to treasure that card. Anyone who knows us knows how much we drive each other nuts. Still, I will treasure that card. And I should add that although I've always thought of dad as not a crafty person, not a maker, I realise that's not quite true. He actually made his shed and our, our, our outhouse from scratch with no prior training, no plans in the early 80s, before the advent of YouTube tutorials, with only a DIY manual, and a few helpful hints from Fred across the road. He was a bit handy. Dad would sit in his armchair of an evening with a little clipboard. He'd draw scale plans of how this outhouse was going to be. He'd work out how to make dovetail joints and window frames. I can't believe he did it, I look at him now. And that handmade outhouse is still standing just about 40 years on. I tell you these stories of the creativity group and of my mum and my dad for one reason only, to encourage you to make things, even if you think you can't. Whether you see yourself as a crafty person or not, make things for the fun of making, for the stimulation of learning a new skill, for the spiritual benefit of single pointed focus and attention, for the fulfillment of self-expression, for the camaraderie you might find in a community of makers, For the delight you might bring in presenting a handmade gift to someone that you care about. And, yes, for the treasures you might leave behind once you've gone. Make time in your life to make things
1: if you can. Amen.
0: Time for one last hymn now, an old favourite, Life's Great Gifts. Uh, Once again, the words are on your hymn sheet and they should be up on your screen for the people at home. Feel free to stand or sit as you feel able. Life's Great Gifts. announcements now. Thanks to Janine for being our tech host today, which I can gather has been a living nightmare. I do sympathise. Thanks for the enormous work that she's put into this and Ramona in support. Uh, Thanks to Ramona also for helping with the setup today, to Maria for co-hosting on Zoom, to Juliet for reading and Sarah co-leading the service. It is actually quite unusual for us to do one together and it's a treat. For those who are here in person today, there'll be a chance to stay for refreshments if you'd like, courtesy of Marianne who's out there putting the coffee on. Um, There'll also be tea and biscuits available in the service, after service in the hall next door. Please keep your mask until you get into the hall for the sake of those being COVID cautious. For those who are attending via Zoom, there will be virtual coffee time hosted by Maria, you've got to bring your own biscuits though. If you don't feel like socialising today, you can always drop us an email to say hello or come to one of our online meetings during the week got coffee morning on zoom at 10:30 on tuesday always interesting conversation and gossip there are still spaces left for heart and soul our contemplative spiritual gathering that's tonight or friday at seven o'clock and this week the theme is doing our best this congregation very much has a life beyond sunday mornings and we do encourage you to keep in touch during the week if you can uh, I'm sorry to say that a, a much loved member of our congregation, Maureen, is very poorly at the moment. Uh, Carolyn is in touch with Maureen and has brought a card for people to sign after the service if they'd like to let Maureen know that we're thinking of her. Uh, so yeah, look out for Caroline after the service if you'd like to sign the card. Anyone who knew Betty is welcome to join us in the back garden after the service where we'll be honouring Betty's memory with a short sem- ceremony for the scattering of ashes. That will be at 1145 Abby, our music scholar, uh, is coming to the end of her master's studies, and will be having a graduation recital in a couple of weeks from now, on the 30th of May, you're all invited. Abby, do you want to say a few words? Come to the mic if you can.
2: Hello. Um, Yeah, two weeks from now, I'm going to be having my graduation recital for my
3: master's, and I would love if anybody wanted to come. Um, I've been playing here for six years now, since I started my undergrad. It's been a long time, and I feel like you guys have been there
0: all along the way so you're very welcome thank you brilliant congratulations and there is also another concert coming up in the summer isn't there on the 5th of july here at seven thirty p.m there'll be a, another concert by abby and her mates but we'll tell you more about that near the time next week the service will be back on zoom only at 10 30 with a service co-led by me and patricia who's hiding in the back row Sunday after that, the 29th, we will have a hybrid service again, both here and on Zoom. That's our membership service and AGM. Uh, It's time to renew your church membership, um, or if you haven't yet joined and you're thinking about joining, now is your moment. Please do have a read of the Friday email, which contains all all the details about how to go about it. Your support really matters to us. I think that's everything. Just time for our closing words and closing music. So I'm going to ask Sarah to come up and give our benediction. (coughs)
1: So that which is worthy of doing,
2: create with your hands. That which is worthy of repeating, speak with a clear voice. That which is worthy of remembering, hold in your hearts. And that which is worthy of living, go and live it now. Amen. Go well and blessed be. (laughs) Okay. <laughs>